0: just financial basics. You know, a lot of this stuff we hear, it can become like, you know, intellectual soup in our brain. What should I be doing? What shouldn't I be doing? And so I've tried to just lay out some very basic, you know, kind of beginning with the end in mind. You know, it's not about, hey, I'm checking all these boxes, but what is my money going to do for me? You know, for those that are familiar with the concept of financial independence, you know, money is really a tool, in my opinion, to buy your freedom back.
1: Welcome to the Add Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast the place where we help entrepreneurs to not hate their boss. Our mission is to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. My name is Robert Peterson, former passer and Turn CEO, and the smiling coach. I believe that success without happiness is failing, but there is hope. Join us each week as we bring you an inspiring leader or message to help you. Thanks for investing time with us today. Our guest today ditched his comfy C-suite job at financial services to help you master your finances effortlessly without budgeting. Andy Hoffman's goal is to help non-money nerds like you go from zero to hero with money in one week. Andy Hoffman and Robert talk about money and human behavior. Andy helps people set money goals and then create a system to honor those goals because the system aligns with our natural habits. Most money planning goes against the grain and is as challenging to honor as a diet. But Andy helps people find success in creating a money system and protecting the plans that you make for your money. If you're an entrepreneur who started their business with a purpose and a passion that has been lost in the busyness of the daily grind, we get it. That is why we've opened up our free strategy calls. A lot of entrepreneurs, probably including you, just want a sense of clarity on the barriers holding them back that you need to overcome in order to accelerate your growth and achieve your dreams. These short 30-minute calls give you a chance to work with one of our coaches without any commitment or pressure. Scheduling is easy. Just go to smilingcall.com. Let's jump on a call and get you the help and clarity you need. Select a time and let's build your business. It's time for you to add value. Well, Andy, thanks so much for being on the show today. Looking forward to learning a great deal and and just sharing your short journey.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, Robert. Short is right. Thank you so much for having me on. very grateful.
1: Absolutely. So, we, we start each episode typically with the guests sharing their entrepreneurial journey and, you know, telling us what's led them to the, doing the work they're doing today.
0: Fantastic. So I think for many years, I've been like a lot of people, a entrepreneur, you know, um, for me, it started when I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad back, I think it was maybe 2005 range. I, I was uh, joining the Coast Guard after high school. I like graduated high school by the skin of my teeth. I was too busy skateboarding and uh, playing drums over here. And uh, so anyway, that just opened my eyes to what's possible. I got a small bonus that I just just frittered away, you know, when I joined the Coast Guard. And so I did what any normal, rational person would do. And I went right to the bookstore and bought a bunch of personal finance books. So I say that jokingly, but that really opened my eyes and took me down a rabbit hole. And so I knew that I wanted to get that stuff right um, and just kind of learn everything I can. So I. Ended up getting in the financial services industry, doing everything from, you know, being a new, an annuity wholesaler, recruiting financial advisors, being an advisor, uh, doing some consulting. Uh, lastly, the, as the uh, chief experience officer for a boutique financial planning firm. Um, and then I got laid off, you know, with the market being down so long. Um, they, uh, the two-person team wasn't able to afford me. And ultimately I had an awakening that this is my opportunity to basically pull the trigger on a method of helping people automate their finances that I've been just working on for the last decade. And, um, as someone who would get, you know, sales commissions and bonuses, and my wife was always kind of side hustling. So we always had this kind of a regular income and people would say, Oh, well just, just live on your base salary. And it just felt like a slap in the face. And so, um, Anyway, I figured a way people can just kind of automate everything in their financial life. And I found that for me and my family, that just really reduced stress. Um, It really helped me be more present with my family. Um, At the same time, like right before um, kind of launching all this uh, as a Christian, you know, I really dialed into my faith. Um, You know, I had gotten let go from a job uh, previously as a recruiter. And at that point, I just kind of threw my hands up and I was like, Lord, you know, I'm giving it all to you, show me the path, reveal the path to me, show me what I should be doing with my life. And so at that point, that was a big uh, a big turning point for me in my journey. But um, ultimately, some books, you know, he dropped some books in, in my lap at the right time. So uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is a great one. And that was very key for me. But all that to say, this kind of money system has been key for me and my family as well and helping us just slow down, automate it make a decision once and let technology kind of take over from there, so.
1: So let's, I mean, let's dig into that, this idea of of automating your finances. What, I mean, obviously what you're ultimately automating is some of this decision-making so that it it happens on a regular basis. And I think a, a lot of people have some automation in place that they don't recognize, right? Because everybody's selling everything by subscription. Um, And so you, you've automated the outgoing (laughs) in a lot of ways. Um, And, and maybe for, for a lot of people, they've lost track of a lot of that automation that's happening, you know, in their, in their world, at least it seems like that, you know, that's an, an easy possibility. So, so tell me a little bit more about how your tools help and, and, and why you think it's so valuable for people to, to take control and be intentional with their
0: finances. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I think to your point, absolutely. Sometimes the word automation can sound really heady or fancy or something like that, but it's not, you know, it's your, your direct deposit. That is automation. The Netflix bill coming out every month, that is automation. So it's just, you know, like we say, making a decision once and then letting technology kind of do the heavy lifting. So that can be as simple as, you know, setting up a savings account at an online bank, and just starting a small transfer every time you get paid or once a month or whatever's convenient for you to say hey i'm going to start 100 bucks a month or 200 or 500 a thousand whatever the number is and just kind of start where you are so uh that is really the crux of it all and for me again the people with variable income bonus commission structure uh entrepreneurs right sound familiar that has been the toughest nut to crack and so for for a lot of people just rethinking where you direct deposit your money is a game changer so what i mean is a lot of people that we talk to have a checking and savings account at the same bank and i personally would say that's the hardest way to manage money because you have to budget you have to be tracking your spending through apps and things like that you have to use a YNAB, or which is an acronym for you need a budget if you're unfamiliar with that so the remedy, in my opinion, is to set up these systems of having a couple different bank accounts. I don't mean like 75. It can be really like three bank accounts that you uh, split up where the money is going. And ultimately, the real secret that was eye opening for me was, again, rethinking where you direct deposit. So for me, you can direct deposit all of your income into a brokerage account. And that might sound like crazy or intimidating or I didn't know that that was possible to a lot of people listening uh, but again a brokerage account is just really like a checking account at an investment firm and instead of putting your money in a savings account where we you're getting 0.1 percent still and a lot of cases at these major banks despite the rise in interest rates you can have access to money market accounts or cash alternatives that are going to pay a little bit higher uh, interest however if you do nothing it just sits in cash which is great it's a great a way to accelerate this concept of pay yourself first, which a lot of us have heard, and sometimes it can be tough to put into practice. So that's why we automate it, right? If your money is going in there first, it, uh, that brokerage account acts as kind of a staging ground or a holding tank to tell your money where to go from there. And then you just direct every other week, you know, a portion to pay all of your bills to your checking account that you already have, that you're already paying your bills out of. And so that just happens automatically. Maybe have a few hundred bucks in there as a buffer for the irregular months, you know, with winter and, you know, utilities and everything else. And then you have a separate account for spending money. Then my wife and I, we just do groceries, um, toiletries slash Amazon vitamins for me. um, And then really like eating out. And so those are only three things we have to worry about. And we break that down weekly because I knew when I was getting paid every other week, I might have really good behavior for like a couple days and then I blow the money and wonder where it went and oh now I've got to brown bag it for the next week and a half. And so just by breaking that down weekly, that's been a game changer. So if you're spending $1,000 on groceries and eating out, hey, 250 a month, I'm sorry, 250 a week and have the deposit leave that account on a Tuesday, that way you're walking into the weekend flush with cash. Worst case, you're going to brown bag it for a couple of days at the beginning of the week, and so just starting this philosophy of having these decisions made for you, ninety percent of people's kind of spending is just the normal groceries, gas, all of those things, and then we've got savings accounts kind of baked into this process, so that you know car repairs, the miscellaneous expenses, the Christmas gifts, all those other things that need to happen, you kind of have a plan for automatically. So I'll pause sure. there. I feel like I'm just. Jaw no, that's
1: no. This is really good. I think one of the one of the challenges I think is for people is really you know this intentionality uh, with with your finances, and so we've had right. previous guests on that have talked about um, using a annuity, using a, a basically a whole life policy as as your sure. primary banking source, and so the idea of of basically being your own bank and and right. avoiding so instead of instead of going into uh, the bank, it goes into basically your own you know whole life um, life insurance policy that, that you're allowed to to borrow from and and so what what would be the difference between putting it into an investment account versus putting it into a whole life quote unquote my own bank account?
0: Oh, that's great. great question. And I'll be the first to say I'm familiar with Loosely with the strategy, I'm not an expert on the strategy, so I wanna put that disclaimer out there. Um, there's a great, for those that are interested in the topic, there's a handful of resources that are very helpful. Uh, one is David David McKnight is the author of a book, podcast and documentary series called The Power of Zero, The Tax Train Is Coming. That is a very illuminating um, set of tools, if you will. And so he has other content around this idea of a LERP or a life insurance retirement plan. So if people want to kind of explore that, so nothing wrong with that strategy. Um, I think people have to have some other boxes checked. That's not a, in my opinion, beginner friendly strategy. If you're just like, hey, I'm drowning in debt, you know, you got to get some other things kind of taken care of before you can graduate to that level of plan, which I would say you definitely want a life insurance expert to help orchestrate a policy to make that bank on yourself uh, strategy come to fruition. Because there's a million ways that if you got somebody that's kind of wet behind the ears and just trying to make a sale, that can kind of blow up in your face. And so you don't want to have that happen. Again, I'm an advocate for that as a piece of your overall portfolio. Nothing wrong with the strategy in and of itself. But with my kind of philosophy around all of this is you can invest in whatever you want with this strategy. So you can absolutely have the bank on yourself, infinite banking, uh, be a part of this process. And you're just kind of automating some of those things Um in the big picture. So as an example, you know, a life insurance company, uh, when we pay our premium for our you know permanent, I'm sorry, our term policies, they take that money out automatically. So a lot of those same things are automated on the life insurance side of things. And it's just a matter of saying, hey, this money that we're going to be borrowing from the policy, where is it going to go? And do we have a plan in place to make that happen? And so the answer is we can kind of facilitate both. Um, I would be reaching out to a life insurance expert. You know, I've got a handful of people that I would call on myself uh, if I were looking to implement that part of the strategy for sure,
1: well, thank you and and appreciate sharing resources for for people to to learn on their own and and check things out. Sure. So you mentioned the idea of of you know people get paid every two weeks or worse people get paid monthly and and they end yeah. up brown bagging it. and I think I think people are surprised. Of course, now, just even the cost of lunch, right? over the last two years seems to have i mean, <sighs> I don't think it's doubled, but it 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 feels like it's doubled. Like, you know, used to be able to go to lunch for, you know, eight bucks and and now it's twenty. And and so it's 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 significantly different. And right. And I I don't think people realize that that all it takes is spending twenty-seven dollars extra a day. On stuff, right? Whether that's you know stopping at the gas station and buying a a soda when you get gas, stopping for lunch and you know getting it that that extra value meal, and it it doesn't take much to to spend twenty seven dollars, and it feels like oh it's just twenty seven dollars. But if you do that every day, that's ten thousand dollars in a year. Um, and and that that unintentional spending can really be a killer to a to a to a financial situation.
0: You nailed it. And the reality is, it's probably not adding that much value to your life. And I think that's the hard thing for a lot of people to kind of put their brain around. Um, I was listening to one of your, um, you interviewed an ultra marathoner recently and I was listening to that podcast this morning and he talked about um, just the this, y'all talked about this concept of freedom and right. And just having zero constraints and how that, gosh, there's a phrase that's escaping me, but the concept of like, you know, drowning in a sea of limitless options, right? And so by kind of narrowing the focus and creating these guardrails, as I like to call them, you know, you're intentionally saying, this is important to me and this is not important to me. And so for us, um, when we look at, I think we've all been in this situation where, let's say it's the end of the month, you're at the grocery store, you check the bank account, the account's a little low, you just, I'll just move some money from savings, Right, problem solved. Um, and then that creates a whole host of other problems, right? It's hard to accumulate money when you know 69% of Americans have less than a thousand dollars saved, right? And I think it's because of this convenience culture that we all subscribe to. And trust me, I love convenience, but it's a matter of placing these small guardrails to save us from ourselves because all the you know, we all see five thousand ads a day. We're just inundated with ways to let our money just go away, right? To just let it slip out of our bank account and into the pockets of who knows, who knows, right? And with a lot of things that we will look back and be like, where did that money go? Or did I really value that, you know, thirst buster diet mountain Dew? Probably not. It's probably not adding a lot of value to my life, right? So I think even just the, when I talk about this concept of the different bank accounts, it's, you have to have a separate institution because that two-day transfer is really saving your bacon that two-day transfer means the difference between i'm not dipping into the cookie jar because i can't and so when the money's gone it's gone and again you just have to brown back it for a day or two in a worst case scenario and there are ways that you can get to your other money you know we're not trying to like force anybody to live in poverty we're not trying to make everybody into Mr. Money Mustache. That's not the goal here. The goal here is just putting some loose constraints to give you that freedom to do the things that you say you want to actually do with your money.
1: Yeah, I think uh, so. Recently, made the made a commitment to minimalism, um, and 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 I'm not fully in yet, but the first, the the first just steps in the process of of. Facing this idea of minimalism, um, and it's not—it's a. I mean, part of it's about organizing your life. Part of it's about you know. Uh, I'm. have been a big advocate as an entrepreneur and and even as a pastor of you know being responsible for your finances and being responsible for your your time and how you spend your time. Right. If if you get a hold of your calendar and your checkbook and you can really see see what your priorities are, but there are so many distractions and. And I'll admit I've struggled with this whole organization thing, and and not to distract us too far, but this idea of of getting organized, and then you know Marie Kondo comes around, of, you know five years ago, and whatever, and it's does this bring you joy? And it feels like oh that's a and it, and it, it didn't help me a lot, right? Because because a lot right. of things I have I feel like brought me joy, and so oh I definitely want to hang on to that. Oh I want to keep that. But uh, Joshua Becker just just blew my mind because he said purpose is it leading towards your purpose and so these things that you've accumulated and for me it's a kick in the rear to recognize that I've just spent a crap ton of money on stuff that I have around this house for things that I wanted to do and it's hobbies it's it's toys and gadgets and just all these options. And even books, I have shelves and shelves and shelves of books. And I bet I've only read 60% of them. And, Mm. and it's like, well, that 40% that I haven't read what on earth. Right. And so recognizing for me, recognizing the financial costs and, and man, what could I have done with those, with that resource? And it's really unintentional because, you know, Amazon's too easy. I mean, it's way too easy. yeah. Uh, and, and being able to say, Oh, well, it's just 20 bucks for that book. Oh, it's just 20 bucks for that, that little, you know, gadget or gizmo or, and, and so that, and that's not to say that you got to get rid of all your hobbies and habits, but pick, pick right. the one that you really want to focus on, pick the one that can really align with your purpose and go all in on that one. And then it makes those, some of those decisions, you know, even easier. Like, you realize, oh, I, I want to order that book. Oh, I want to order that book. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to order another yeah. book because I haven't read the 10 that are in my pile yet. Why would I order another one until I finish those? <laughs> so now it's I write a sticky note and put it under that pile.
0: I'm so guilty. Uh, right. I, I've been there myself and you know, we all have, I think. I think anyone who's a reader is gonna have, you know, certainly a handful of books that haven't quite, you know, gotten through it yet. And that's OK. I think with all of this, you know, grace is such a massive component to this, because as someone who has wrestled and will continue to wrestle with perfectionism, it's so easy to just beat ourselves up for all of these mistakes, if you will. But we're not perfect. Right. Uh, I know as a pastor, you know that. And um, I think for me, a couple strategies that have been really helpful is just we linked our Amazon account to that spending account. And so that was a big help because the spending account only has so much money going in every week. And I know that if I overdo it on Amazon, then we're going to have less groceries or we're not going to go out and eat as much. And so for me, that has kind of helped keep things in line. And obviously with Christmas and everything else, we get a lot of our stuff on Amazon. And so we fund that with extra money intentionally. You know, the money is sitting there in another area growing and getting ready for the holiday season or whatever it is or travel or gifts or any of that stuff. And we just have to say, hey, now's our window of opportunity where we're going to buy these gifts. And so let's transfer the money over so that we're ready for it. So just as little, again, it's an inconvenience, but it's intentional. It's there to save me for myself so that I don't just fritter away on all these Amazon purchases that, I mean, and I'm saying that as someone who has done that. You know, my wife gives me such a hard time because I'll find some kitchen gadget. I remember I bought this one, like, you know, can opener that, you know, you get, you can strain the tuna so it strains the water. And I've like never, I've never used that thing, you know, and $5 here, $20 here. And I get it to your point. Uh, It's so easy to let those little purchases kind of go by the wayside. But if you have this kind of separation to these accounts. And another quick tip is just having your Amazon wish list. Instead of just pulling the trigger on whatever it is, just put it in the wish list, you know, wait a day or two. If you come back, you know, a day or two later and you realize, Hey, this is something I really want. That's really going to, you know, add value, put more time in my schedule or whatever it is, by all means go for it. But sometimes just that 24 hour period of thinking it through, um, you'll realize, Hey, I've got a lot of stuff in the wish list that I don't really care about. Oh,
1: that's powerful. Give, giving yourself the space to think about it because that, that Im, get past that impulse, right. Get past that, the, the impulsive feeling of, Oh, that will be really convenient. Oh, that will be really helpful. And uh, it's incredible. My dad's dad's got a renter in his house that can't hardly afford to pay the rent, but mm-hmm. just thinking about gadgets in the kitchen. And there's, there's three different holders of spoons and spatulas. And I'm like, Uh, there's four burners on the stove how many spoons can you use and they've got 20 and and then there's 20 spatulas and then there's there's 20 whisks Um, and i you know i feel like we just get carried away with the gadgets and and conveniences and so i like that idea of intentional inconvenience right planned inconvenience so that it it gives your brain the chance to Make the intentional choice that you want to make, right? To honor your own, honor your own choices uh, and decisions.
0: So it can it's, be very challenging. Yeah, well, it's just like you know, we we all hear the joke about I'm going to go on a diet, but I've got a pantry full of desserts. Or like you know, in my case, we've got all these like holiday treats, and I'm trying to you know going to the gym and all that during the holiday season can be challenging. And you know, again, you got to give yourself some grace some of the time. You can't be perfect all the time, but um, just this concept of taking that philosophy of like, if I'm going on a diet, I need to rid the pantry of the goodies. Similarly in our financial life, how can we replicate that? How can we use these just little intentional choices to make it just a little bit inconvenient to cheat on the things that we say are important to us? I think it's just these, there's another term psychologically called a nudge. There's a book by the same title where the authors talk about how, you know, when people go into a, a job and they've got a 401 clay excuse me, a 401k, and they're automatically enrolled how much more people have over a lifetime versus the opting in. And just that one little step can be tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars from people over a career. And so these little micro decisions are very meaningful. So don't sleep on them. We
1: will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Perfect Publishing, a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing carefully chooses heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You will see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. I think it only takes... 20 bucks a month for an 18 year old to accumulate a great deal over a lifetime. Um, So the earlier you start that the less it takes to, to really accumulate something significant. You mentioned the pantry full of goodies. And it just reminded me of that idea that the sunken cost fallacy, right? When we look at in, in this idea of going to minimalism and organizing and the idea of all the books that I haven't read uh, the idea of getting rid of them, Feels like oh no wait I spent the money on them but I'm never going to read them anyway and so there's you know some of that you can give away but even in the pantry it's being willing to to you know well I've spent all the money on those desserts now I'll, I'll start the diet after I eat them right versus sure. just giving them away you know even throwing them away and and I'm not an advocate for just throwing you know valuable things away but but the right. truth is the freedom that creates for the decision you've made and honoring the decision that you've made to be intentional. Is more valuable um, than the cost of those keeping those. And I think that sunken cost fallacy, when we spent money on something or there's value in something that we've been gifted, it's it's hard to let go of. Yes. And there's just something inside of us that's that holds on to those things in spite of our intentionality in, in the opposite direction
0: to your point, you mentioned Marie Kondo, and I think that there are, you know, there's a there's a great, I think it's Robert Kiyosaki, or it might be Tim Ferriss that said, the concept of like, you know, t- if you can get one nugget from a book, worth it, totally worth it, right? And so for me, that's, you know, what comes to mind is this idea of saying, whatever the item is, and just saying, thank you. You know, as you're, as you're putting it in the Goodwill bag, right? Or as you're donating it, or maybe in the trash, sometimes just that small action of gratitude and realizing that man what an abundant life we have where we all have where we have too many books you know um the power went out on us on christmas eve day here in north carolina they decided to do some kind of a rolling blackout because the because it was, um in the in the teens here in charlotte which is not normal for where we live in the winter time um so at any rate i was very upset about that i was very frustrated i was out of control you know it was not my decision to shut off the electricity uh, when I had you know dinner plans for Christmas Eve. Um, but when it came back on, I had to kind of wrestle with my own attitude. You know, it was a few hours of inconvenience. Um, obviously, we didn't know how long it was going to be, but um just that it was such an eye-opener for the things that we take for granted, like hot water, the house not being fifty degrees, you know, these little things that we that happen to us every day. And so anyway, I didn't mean to get off on a huge tangent on gratitude, but just some of those gratitudes of like, man, we do have a lot. You know, the ability to have these desserts um, and to have food that we can throw away is a is, is blessing in and of itself that I think in a first world country we take it take for granted. That doesn't mean we need to live with guilt about doing it, right? And I think just, you know, thank you or give it to a neighbor or whatever. Give it to goodwill. Sometimes we do need to throw it away. Sometimes we just need to purge it and get on with our life, right?
1: Well, and I think the same thing making the plan to to dig out a debt debt is not um, it's not a pretty solution, right? It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel celebratory to, to, to be investing in that, but, but really expressing gratitude in the process that you're paying yourself back and that you're, you're making these better choices. It, it, it really does, you know, come, come back around, but, but I think having gratitude in the process can really help you, recognize you know that you're creating this you're moving towards something so much better right and and having control of your finances
0: so good and i think um and again I, i know i'm the automation junkie over here but for a lot of people listening you know i think they get burnt out on the process because it might be a year or more of this kind of feeling like i'm throwing money away but you know that's part of the process so when you can automate those things, and again, if you've got variable income, it becomes a little trickier, but just being able to automate that and go live your life and not feel like I've got to revisit this trauma for some people, right? Sometimes it can be borderline financial trauma. Like I, you know, our brains don't always know how to distinguish between real trauma and some of these fake traumas. I not, not to be, you know,
1: well, the story you tell yourself,
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think we can carry around this baggage and it can just um, saddle us. You know, even, you know, as entrepreneurs, when you think about like risk or failure, those things can be debilitating to us. But it's, you know, I think I think it might be Robin Williams that said, you know, success is standing atop a pile of failures. You know, and I think for a lot of us, that becomes the, the reality of the path um, and just kind of moving forward, you know, we're going we're gonna to mess up. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes, whether in business or our own money. And every other area of our life, relationships too, right? We're going to make mistakes, and so we've got to forgive ourselves and have kind of a, a looser grip on all of it, in my opinion.
1: Nice, yeah, that that's so good. So let's talk a little bit about your own journey and and growth um, that gave you the the willingness to to, to leap into ment- into entrepreneurship. Um, obviously, you know, getting laid off <laughs> created the opportunity. Um, right. But you still could have gone and gotten a job and you still could have done other other things. And so let's talk about what it took to 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 make that choice for yourself and, and start your own thing.
0: Sure. Truthfully, I mean, a lot of prayer and a lot of things falling into place. You know, I can't I cannot stress that enough for me. Obviously, everyone's situation is different. Sometimes it's just today I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps and get after it and no more excuses. For a lot of people, that's the reality. For me, it was not that. It was, I felt like I was waiting and waiting and waiting for the stars to align in a way that most people listening to this would be like, well, you should have just started sooner, you know, whatever. And that's fine. And I get it. For me, when I, you know, I, at one point I got laid off from a job and I threw my hands up, as I mentioned, and I just gave it to the Lord. And instead of, you know, brushing up the resume and going out to lunch with people and, you know, beating the street, Um, I I did something that was very unnatural for me personally. You know, that's my dad. My dad very much trusts in the Lord to a point of where I think, myself included, a lot of people would say this very passive. And so I've kind of railed against that my entire life. Um, But in this time, I turned it over to the Lord. um, And that got me the job that I had previously, uh, being a chief experience officer and doing a lot of kind of dipping my toe into this world of content creation and starting a YouTube channel and Um, you know, blogging and SEO and all these things that, you know, kind of the modern day digital entrepreneur, online creator is kind of, uh, you know, table stakes. So that gave me a little bit of courage that, hey, I can do this. This The process, the act of these things is enjoyable. Um, And I just felt burdened with this methodology that I've kind of developed over the years um, to help other people. And I know that personal finance is hard. Managing your money, budgeting is hard. It is Painful. Budgeting was so stressful to me that, you know, like I literally had chest pains from time to time and I would just have fear around. It's not going to be perfect, you know, and that was me. And so I had to come to grips with that. So at any rate, uh, when the market had been down for so long, I got, you know, the good word that I'm no longer employed by this company. Um, I prayed about it, you know, and I felt like the Lord showed me that there's a path for me to do this. And I was wondering, am I going to do this kind of one-on-one? You know, I really want to help as many people as I possibly can. And so that one-to-many concept was recurring to me. And I was on my phone at like 11 o'clock at night one night, and I saw an ad for, for a course on building a course, which sounds so cheesy. And I, I get it. <laughs> but that's what I needed. I needed myself this framework of how to kind of be successful. Because I thought, oh, I'll just build a course, and it'll be great. Um, and there's a lot that goes into it, let me tell you. So... Uh, I've spent the last several months kind of working on that, working on Facebook ads and all of that. And so it's just now getting to the point where, you know, I'm honing in on the right audiences and the messaging and all of those things. And so, um, so yeah, so that's kind of what led me to doing what I'm doing now. And as this course grows and, um, you know, I hope to write a book and do some speaking engagements and do, you know, more of this like we're doing here today. So it's been exciting so far.
1: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw something out that, it seemed to help some of my clients and um, the, the whole Thank budget you. idea and I'm a huge advocate, right? Less than eight percent of Americans um, live on a budget. But I feel like the way we've been taught about budgets, our brain receives it kind of the same way as as diets. And and it's this idea of restriction. It's this idea of 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 limitation. And and of course our brain rebels against that, right? We're, we're independent spirits. You know, we, we want control of our own lives. And, and even though we're, we we want to put these restrictions on ourselves for our, our own good. And I like the language you used earlier, guardrails and, you know, setting the intention. And so I've really tried to help our clients focus on a spending plan, right? You want to intentionally right. spend your money. And, and so it's really the, ultimately the same thing but it's forward thinking instead of, right. It's, it's adding that intention instead of putting a restriction and the limitation. And, and for, for some reason, some people respond, you know, really well to that idea that this is, this is what you, it's not limiting you or or restricting you. It's, it's allowing you to make the choices that that you want to make and being intentional with your money, being intentional with your time is, is very similar being intentional with your thoughts and the, and the stories you tell yourself, Mm -hmm. all of those are, are so valuable and so important. Um, You mentioned gratitude and we, you know, we start each day with gratitude simply to set that intention in our mind that, you know, we're grateful we're we acknowledge God and his role in our lives. And and we acknowledge, you know, how blessed we we truly are. And it sets us in a, in a state of humility. It sets us in a state of, um, openness to what God's going to bring into into our lives, and I think you know helping people see that this is this is a plan to help you get what you really want, and it's so many people want more, but they can't figure out how to take the steps to make it happen. Right, a budget just—it's kind of like the diet. Oh, it just it just doesn't work. A budget just you know never works, and. And when you switch it and you help people see, well, here's a spending plan and then here's some tools to help you make it even more intentional. So I like, you know, you're adding guardrails to you know, helping them create boundaries around the decisions that they've made to, to protect those decisions and then helping them, you know, separate these decisions by a couple of days, you know, with putting the bank accounts in different places by, you know, putting things in your Amazon wish list instead of, you know, right away, just checking out with the buy it now button. You, it, right. All of these guardrails and are, are really ways to honor your intentional spending plan, and and it it's so powerful to to see that in a positive light rather than as this you know this limitation you're creating on yourself. Right,
0: right, a hundred percent. It's like you know going to the gym and kind of putting your clothes out the night before right it's kind of what can i do to make having this good behaviors easy and i think about you meant we touched on an organization right and so um there's a, a you know i'm on the minimalist train myself and there's a good uh, youtube channel the the i think it's the minimal mom and so she talks about this concept of like macro or micro organization and so what i mean is if you've got a you know big box of files that you need to organize Some people might say, well, I'm going to do, you know, the to be paid, the paid, the house, the electric bill, like all these, like a ton of different folders. Whereas I'm a big picture guy. I want like five folders max, and then I'll sift through. I don't need 75 different categories, but for people that are listening to this and saying, I need 75 categories, then budgeting is for you, my friend, you know, you need the spreadsheet. And if you need that extra control, great for me. Just give me the, you know, the tank, the holding cell for how much money I can spend, and I'm going to figure that out. You know, I just need less constraints and less uh, ways for me to be perfectionistic. That's me personally. And so, to your point, you know, a spending plan for some people is absolutely the way to go. For me, it's just like, just tell me what I can spend, and I'll figure the rest out on the fly in some areas, right? But I just need those constraints. And so, I think it's just it's fascinating. We're all so different. And there's a million different ways that you can do this and do it well. And it's just about finding the thing that kind of works with your own bent and your own personality and your own proclivities and making it helpful for you. And knowing you're going to make mistakes, no matter what it is, knowing you're going to make mistakes. And similar to like meditation, right? If you're meditating, you're going to get distracted. That's part of the process. And what I, what I love about this concept is that People say, just be gentle on yourself and bring your focus back, right? When you find yourself wandering, just be gentle and bring it back. And the same is true, I think, with every other aspect of our life. We don't um, excel by beating ourselves up. You know, we don't get better as an athlete or as a coach or as an entrepreneur by, you know, whipping ourselves into shape, you know, chastising yourself is not going to make you a better person.
1: But the truth is that's how, that's how diets fail. Right. Because you know, they cheat, they cheat once. And then it's like, Oh, it's over. And, right. and I think the spending plan, the budget can be the same way. Right. We cheat once. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, I just can't do it. And I think you've got to give yourself that grace and, and space to you know start over every day. <laughs> and, yes. and I, and I think that can be the challenge. So, so what's a, a driver for people, right? Like, so in business, we talk about your why. We talk about you know getting down to what's really important, what's really matters to you. For, for me, I want to be purpose-driven in, in the things that I'm doing, both in my business and in, in my family life. There, there's a purpose. In, in it, and of course, my relationship with God drives you know, so much of my purpose in, in helping people and serving people and in how I treat my wife and kids. Um, yes, but but I can still get distracted <laughs> from from purpose and and, right. and so being able to you know does does this decision honor honor my purpose and giving giving me that that space to 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 make that decision, you know, especially spending when it comes to you know my wife and I well, admittedly, I'm the spender and she's she's not. And so we're blessed that at least we're both not spenders because that that's a bad combination. Um, for sure, but but being able to honor our family intention and honor our long term plan, uh, we we have to communicate and we have to you know make sure that our purpose is aligned and that we're doing this together.
0: Uh, I cannot agree more. I cannot agree more. And I know for me, I talk to my wife all the time because she's on this entrepreneurial journey with me, whether she wants to be or not, right? And so we talk about you know speaking truth over each other. And sometimes that's direct scripture sometimes that's you know hey this small sacrifice today of not having a salary or you know the benefits that go along with working for a big corporation you know will hopefully pay off in the long run right um i mean it could be as simple as that or hey eating the way we're doing um you know everything's a trade-off right um and so those going back to those constraints right where hey we're on the same team going in the same direction and just being on the same page and so for us like uh, a daily affirmation has been one which for a lot of people can sound really woo woo and it took me a long time to kind of get there but um a great uh book uh soundtracks by john acuff he's got a free kind of affirmation sheet that we've been using um and just speaking hey like momentum is messy you know it's kind of got these like little one-liners that i feel like are you know hip quips um, that help kind of reframe my day because it's so easy to get in the weeds of this entrepreneurial journey. And man, you know, my website went down or this tech issue that I'm having that I'm not that big tech guy and I'm trying to figure all this out on my own, mostly. Um, you know, we can just get buried in the weeds and kind of forget. And I think we're so quick as humans to forget. And so we need these kind of anchors in our day, whether it's an affirmation or a spouse's encouragement. Um, just to put one foot in front of the other every day.
1: Oh, so powerful. All right. So you've mentioned a few routine things, right? Prayer and meditation and uh, you know gratitude. So tell me about your morning routine that, and, and what are the things that are um, non-negotiable for you?
0: Ooh, I like this. I like the non-negotiable word. Um, and I'm going to, I'll definitely get to that. So with two young ones at the house, um, I'm... Genuinely, so thankful that their routine has been an anchor for my routine. And what I mean is, I've got to get my son Freddie to the bus stop at 7 30. Um, and so that's a big part of it. So I wake up at 6 30. Um, I try not to touch my phone, other than, you know, like some, you know, like I'm trying to not get on social media is really what I'm trying to say. Um, so lately, I've been adding to my routine, weighing myself every day because I'm trying to lose a few LBs during this time. And, you know, in the gym, You know, five days a week. So typically, waking up at 6:30, um, you know, weigh myself right away. I'm just log it and just kind of take stock of where that's at. Um, And then I make my coffee, do the pour over coffee every morning, and that's been a nice kind of slow down ritual for me. It takes like 15 minutes, it's a bit of an endeavor, but it's a great time of silence and solitude as I'm getting my day going. Again, trying not to get on social media during that time. And then uh, my wife and I have a quiet time, and that's been gigantic. Uh, for our life and our day and setting that intention, that kind of morning spirituality has been gigantic. So we use the Bible app. That's been huge. We read the verse of the day. There's a little accompanying video. So we read that, watch that, pray before we read the chapter from the verse of the day. Um, And then we pray for each other um, and ask kind of what's going on. what, What can we pray for each other for? Do that. Get to the bus stop um. say about a Freddie, and then I go straight to the gym. And so just that, like, I have to be up for the kids. So I can't just like sleep in. And it's easy because I'm at the bus stop, I'm in my workout gear, I'm ready to go. So there's no kind of flaking out on that for me. And so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm lifting weights, Tuesday, Thursday, I'm on the bike. And sometimes I can read on the bike, which is nice to like the recumbent one. I'm not trying to like break any speed records over here. I'm just trying to get some movement going. <laughs> But man, just doing that has been a massive game changer for me, for so many other little habits to spawn off from that, like eating better and you know drinking less alcohol, drinking more water. Um, but also it just gives me such a buffer of patience for my kiddos because they're wild, rambunctious extroverts like me and they get into it, they fight with each other. And so just that exercise has been a huge win for just giving me more patience throughout the day. So That's a bit of my, and then when I get out, when I get home from the gym, um, I might shower right away, or I might jump on the computer for a little bit in the shower before lunch. But so just having that deep work session right after that has been huge. So just focusing on the highest um, priority for the day, getting as much done on that as I can, um, and then lunch, and then kind of another work session after lunch. And then I try to shut it down, you know, when the kids started getting home from school. So four or five, depending on the day. And then if I have to jump in later after dinner, you know, I might hop on for a little bit.
1: Nice. All right, Andy, tell us, tell us a little bit about the details about your course that you've created and, and, and how you're serving people.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. So it starts with just financial basics. You know, a lot of the stuff we hear, it can become like, you know, intellectual soup in our brain. What should I be doing? What shouldn't I be doing? And so I've tried to just lay out some very basic, you know, kind of beginning with the end in mind. You know, it's not about, hey, I'm checking all these boxes, but what is my money going to do for me? You know, for those that are familiar with the concept of financial independence, you know, money is really a tool, in my opinion, to buy your freedom back from an employer or from doing work you don't want to do, um, you know, living a life that is within your purpose, right? Um, so it's not about investing a ton of money so you can buy the coolest car, in my opinion. It's about buying that freedom back and living with intention. So I spend a, a good chunk talking about that. And then the meat of the course is really this concept around the automation. I, I want to say flowchart is kind of how I talk about it. You know, I've, I've got this presentation baked into the course where I show people how they can set up the brokerage account, how they can set up the spinning account, and just walk them through a framework like that, especially for entrepreneurs. You know, one quick tidbit, there's a great book, uh, it's for free on the app law called Profit First, it shows entrepreneurs a great framework for how to manage their money with this idea of like, hey, for every hundred dollars, you know, money goes to tax buckets, you know, money goes to a salary bucket, money goes to a savings bucket, um, and a profit bucket, certainly. So, uh, I kind of incorporate some of that philosophy within the course. Uh, But ultimately, it's, it's really just to help people have the tools that they need to set up a system so that they can lower their financial stress. You know, we know that stress is the number one, or financial stress, rather, is the number one cause for divorce in our country. And so, by taking care of the money, by making a decision once. Like imagine if you could go to the gym once and have a six pack for the rest of your life. That is possible with your money. There is a way to set up this framework where you make the decision once, your intentional wants, and things go where they're supposed to go automatically. And that is my big goal, to help people, especially entrepreneurs who have a million other things. You know, We've got people that are so concerned about decision fatigue that they wear a gray shirt and jeans every day of their life, right? We can can joke about it, but it's a real thing. And so when you can eliminate these repetitive, unnecessary decisions around your money and have a framework that is working in the background for you, keeping that kind of quote unquote perfect behavior, um, then that can be, that can open up a whole new world for people. So that's it. That's the course. It's automaticmoneyflow.com and I will give a 10% discount to your listeners um, if you just have the code add value, you're going to get an extra discount with that. So thank you for the opportunity to share that.
1: Absolutely. All right, Andy, we end every episode with guests guest sharing their words of wisdom to our entrepreneurial audience. So what are your Andy's words of wisdom?
0: As someone new on the journey, I would say, give yourself grace.
1: Mm. You're
0: not going to get it done every day. You're not even going to get the one thing on your to-do list done some days. And so just realizing that that's part of the process. I think I watched, uh, again, I don't mean to name drop everybody under the sun here, but I was watching a Matt Giavella video uh, last night, actually. And he was talking about like a day in the life and just seeing another entrepreneur not get through their whole checklist was actually really liberating for me. So I just, for me, that's fresh on my mind is giving myself grace, put one step in front of the other and pat yourself on the back.
1: Andy, thank you so much. What a, powerful conversation and and so helpful.
0: Thank you Robert, it's my pleasure. I'm so thrilled to be here. I appreciate it very much.
1: This episode is brought to you by intentional decisions that lead to massive success. No, those aren't companies promoting our show. They're qualities that you need to build your business and take control of your life. So to help you out, I'm offering my most popular worksheets to help you plan the future you want and audit your calendar today. The best way to get what you want is to know what it is and start making sure that your calendar matches. You can download them free today at addvaluemindset.com. If you will take action by just completing these two activities, they will change your life and business. I promise you a new level of results in the coming year. The problem is that we make things so complicated and we lose focus on what is really important. These tools will help you refocus on what matters most. When you align your passion with your purpose in your work, you can be happier and start doing the things you wanted to in the first place, like spending more quality time with the kids. To get your free copy of the tools to start tackling your busy schedule, go to addvaluemindset.com. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, leave a review. But most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who needs to hear it. Share, share, share. In our next episode, Sally Word talks with Robert Noel about building her business alongside her husband and then making the decision to go out on her own, which in many ways prepared her for the loss of her husband.
0: Now she's taking her years of entrepreneurial experience on the road, writing books and speaking on stages. She shares a message of hope and empowerment that comes when you live a life of purpose.